Welcome to a special edition of the Fraudian Slip, the Identity Theft Resource Center's podcast where we talk about all things identity compromise, crime, and fraud that impact people and businesses. I'm Eva Velasquez, the CEO of the ITRC, and this week we're collaborating with the Federal Trade Commission in honor of Identity Theft Awareness Week. During this week, the FTC and its partners will host free informational events focused on avoiding and recovering from identity theft, fraud, and scams. There are many misconceptions about identity crimes, including the notion that only certain folks are at risk. While it's true that identity crimes affect generations differently, no one is immune. For those that believe our younger generation isn't at risk because they haven't built up wealth or not yet high wage earners and have not built robust credit profiles, let this conversation be a reminder that it's not about any of the things I just mentioned. The bad actors are seeking our identity credentials and our PII as that is what they need to commit identity crimes. Here to help us build our foundational knowledge and to get to the bottom of what risks college students are facing is Terry Miller, Consumer Education Specialist with the Federal Trade Commission, and students from around the country who will ask us their most pressing questions about identity theft and fraud. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, Terry. Thank you for having me. And here to chat with us about identity theft basics is Caleb from Howard University. Welcome, Caleb. Thank you. My, my question, first question would be, could you identify uh, identity theft and its effect on college students? Sure. I'll let Terry uh, jump in and start. Sure. Well, Plain and simple, identity theft is when someone uses your personal or your financial information without your permission. Um, identity theft really happens when someone steals information like your name, your address, but also things like your social security number or your credit card, your bank account, or maybe even things like your medical insurance account number. What they're planning to use that information for is things like opening new loans, new credit card accounts, maybe getting government benefits, or even signing up for phone or utility services in your name. Eva, what would you add about what identity theft is? You know, I just want to remind uh, everybody that you're, you're talking about all of those core identity credentials, which is by far one of the most common ways and, and things that gets compromised. But I want to remind people that things like your username and your password um, that is considered PII, your email address. All of those things added together are, are part of your identity, in particular, your digital identity. And so when they're compromised, they can then be misused. So if you just think about all of the different ways that you yourself use your own identity credentials, if they fall into the wrong hands, they can be misused in that plethora of ways. And so, you know, how does it affect... Um, college students, just this really the same way it affects everybody else. It's not necessarily about how old you are. It's about how you engage in the outside and the digital world. Absolutely. I, I think what I would add to that, Eva, is even just thinking about how identity theft could damage your credit later in life as after you're out of college. Um, like you mentioned in the intro, Right now, college students typically have a clean credit history with, you know, not very much on there, definitely or hopefully no 
um, unpaid debts or negative information, right? But if an identity thief gets that information, they really could rack up debt and then not pay it. And then that reflects later on a student when they're you know, potentially applying for jobs, looking for apartments, or even, you know, make trying to do things like get a car. And, you know, before we get to your next question, Caleb, I'll just add um, one more thing. I think it's very easy, especially when you're young to think, uh, this isn't going to happen to me because I don't have any of that, you know, I don't have a, a robust savings account. It's just my credentials aren't worth that much. And that is just not true because it doesn't really matter what your true financial picture or otherwise is. Uh, the credentials are what matters. Um, I've talked to some particularly young folks who are like, my, my credit score is almost non-existent. I haven't built any of that up. So what's a thief going to do with that? They can, they can have my credit, you know, if they want it. And I, I have to remind them, Hey, there's this thing called like payday loans and the the thief doesn't care what the interest rate on a payday loan is because they're never going to pay it back. So those credentials are valuable, even if you haven't, again, built up like a, a, a robust credit profile. You have another question for us, thank, Caleb? Yeah, thank you so much for that. Um, what would you say are some common signs of identity theft? Um, I'll jump in there, Terry, and start. Uh, for me, because the ITRC has a contact center and we are talking to victims every single day, the the most common way that we that people discover it is they hit a roadblock of some sort. They're trying to move forward in their life and they can't. Uh, they're trying to purchase or refinance a house, maybe purchase a vehicle, get a get a job, and they can't pass the background check, get medical care. And for some reason they're, they're told they have outstanding medical bills or they have, uh, they're not able to fill a prescription. So the common thread is it, it sort of pops up and hinders their ability to move forward in their life. Now there are a number of red flags, but I'm willing to bet that Terry probably has that laundry list. Yeah, and before I get into the laundry list, I just want to add, I like the word that you were using there, roadblock. Um, for me, identity theft happened when I filed my taxes one year, and um, I discovered that my return kept getting denied with the IRS, and I called to figure out why, and it's because someone had used my social security number to file for a uh, tax refund. And that was the roadblock for me. I couldn't file my taxes. So um, yeah, it can happen to anyone and it's it's kind of scary, but there's definitely mechanisms in place to, to kind of recover from it. And we'll talk about those today. Um, but some of those other red flags that I would say, one of the common ones is spotting charges uh, for things that you didn't buy or withdrawals that you didn't make. When you look at your credit card or your bank statement, or maybe you use online banking, you notice charges or withdrawals that you didn't make. That could be a sign that an identity thief has access to your credit cards and they're using your money. One of the other things I would add would be um, if you are used to getting a bill and let's say from your cable provider and then all of a sudden you're not getting it, that could be a sign that an identity thief has changed the billing address to hide some charges on an account or something like that. 
One of the other ways that people find out that they have been a victim of identity theft is when they check their credit report. They may find accounts that maybe they didn't open or credit inquiries from companies that they didn't apply for credit with. Well, I'm just going to jump in and add um, just to piggyback on what you were saying about um, credit and credit reports. Well, it's it yeah. is super important for students um, to check those reports. I know you're busy and it feels like a waste of time, but it is very important. And the other thing that I would just mention is, especially for young people who are trying to build credit, um, Sometimes there, there are credit denials because you have a thin file because you're trying to build it. And so you're not always going to get granted that, you know, that that target card or or that discover card or that that vehicle loan. But it is very, very important to look at the reason for the denial, because if it's simply a matter of we don't have enough information and you're trying to build credit. Well, that is not an identity theft issue. That's a, that's a different issue. But if you are getting denials for things like debt to income ratio, too many accounts that are open, accounts that are in arrears and things of that nature, and these are things that you weren't aware of, that's a huge red flag for identity theft. Um, Caleb, I think you have one more question for us. Yes, last question. With all this being said, how can we prevent this from happening to us? Boy, that is the million dollar question isn't it? And, you know, I think I'm so glad we're having this conversation. And it's really important that I say, as a reminder, you can do everything right and still become a victim. It's not always about, uh, you know, making a mistake or that you did something wrong. There is no guaranteed way to prevent identity theft. But there are a lot of things that you can do to reduce your, your risk surface. And it's, it's little things that you can do that will add up incrementally and become something much bigger. Thieves like easy. So just doing these little things will stop you from being the low-hanging fruit that they can exploit. And you know our top three things are freeze your credit, enable MFA on all of your digital accounts, and please, 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 use unique usernames and passwords on your accounts. Don't use the same easy password across all of your accounts. Terry, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I'd add a couple. I would say, you know, starting at home and, and thinking about important documents that you have at home. Don't leave them out. Um, keep them, especially if they have sensitive personal information, like your credit card bills, your bank statements, your social security card. Don't leave those things out and don't carry them around with you. Uh, keep them in a safe place. And then when you're going to throw them away, if you have access to a shredder, it's always good to shred those things. I always think about dumpster divers and folks who go looking through the trash to find um, that sensitive information. So at home, that's what I would say. And I, I think about being on campus too. If you're using public Wi-Fi, if you're using a friend's device, um, if you're com in computer labs and, and places where there's shared computers, don't log into your personal accounts, your email, your credit card, um, your online accounts, things like that. And definitely don't ask any of those web browsers to save your passwords. That could be really dangerous. 
This has been a great conversation. Thank you both for being here. You can learn more about Identity Theft Awareness Week's other free events by visiting ftc.gov slash idtheftweek. If you think you've been a victim of an identity crime or want to minimize your risk of becoming a victim, you can find FTC resources at identitytheft.gov, and you can reach the ITRC by calling 888-400-5530 or visiting us at idtheftcenter.org to get started. Be sure to join us next week on our sister podcast, The Weekly Breach Breakdown. Until then, thanks for listening.